I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Vicky Parts and Secret 2. I'm joined by fellow northerner and all-round absolute mega babe, Grace Dent. Hello. How are you? Ooh, that was sexy. Hello. That was sexy. Hi. Hi. Hiya. Yeah. Hiya. How am I? I am. I'm I'm having an absolutely, I'm having too nice a time. You know when you just, you've just, you're just speaking to somebody that you could just go down, you could just go down Asda with. Now, we could just literally go down Asda and have a little look through the George clothes. Love Asda. Yeah, exactly. I've got that kind of kindred spirit thing going on where, yeah. Did I hear you were from Carlisle? Carlisle. Yeah. So I once, um, my Clim- Carlisle Clim- fame story, um, when I was like younger, about 18 and stuff, before I went to uni, I used to sell shots in clubs and bars. Um, I know, yeah. And the fella I worked for was branching out and he put us in Carlisle one night. Oh my God. And honestly. That must every- have been a. It was, an, it, it was an eye opener, don't get us wrong. Yes. But it was absolutely wicked. Like, this is long before the days of Jody Shore or I'm a celeb mm. or whatever. Because yeah. I was somebody new in Carlisle. Oh, my God. Everybody treated us like a bit of a celeb. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I had absolutely. a great time. And I made a fortune. You, I mean, this is it. You would have, it, you, for that night, it was basically you were like Princess Diana or Pamela Anderson. That's how like, I felt. It was kind I had of, big Princess Diana energy that night. Yeah, it's like new person, <laughs> no, not related to any of us. <laughs> That's how I felt there. Yeah. But I had a good time. So, what took you then? What What took you from Carlisle down to London? What inspired you? Were you always banging ear food? What was the What was the catalyst? Look, I I wanted to go to London from I was a, a tiny little girl. I lived on uh, a terrace street right near the train track of the 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 west coast line you know the, uh-huh. the west coast that goes from glasgow to euston yeah and it goes through carlisle and i lived really near the train track so you know when we were out having one of those childhoods where you're just like playing in fields and you know in allotments having, and having a all very that. wholesome time like one of the well as wholesome as it got in the for generation x to be honest you know <laughs> spent a lot of time just basically like out of your parents. Smoking yeah, and getting smoke, fingered. Smoke, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so smoking fags and everything else you got up to when you were a child. Um, and yeah, I remember being down by the, the train tracks thinking, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going, I'm going, you know, yeah. I'm, I am going. And 
for me, it wasn't, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not from a, a, an academic house. Nobody went to uni. Nobody had careers, really. Mm. Um, but I, 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 loved what, I loved watching telly. I loved pop music. We're talking about the 70s and the 80s. And I just used to watch telly and think, oh, I want to be like, I want to be glamorous. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to be standing with a a microphone in my hand and I want to write books and I want to write, you know, write for newspapers. I don't know what it was I wanted. You just wanted to do things. Just, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to stay in Carlisle with, with, you know, I didn't come from, with regards to food, I didn't come from a background where, um, you know, we didn't holiday for three weeks in Provence, yeah. you know, in the summer. You know? Trying the cheeses and local wines. <laughs> exactly. I, I, you know, I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up in a house where we travelled abroad or we bought the very best of things. You know, I think there's a very tried and tested way that a lot of people that are a lot of people that are in the food world, they yeah. always go, oh, you know, I learned to cook at my mother's knee when we were away for the, you know, in, in our cottage in, 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 in rock during yeah. summer and all that kind of thing. Not to dog these people down, but I didn't have that at all. You know, I grew up for the first, uh, you know, 10, 12 years of my life. I think what we ate was mince. You know, like I mean, same, same. Brown, the, exactly. The you, things you, my mom could do with mincemeat exactly. every night of the week. I loved exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I, the reason I ended up being like a food person was, I think was, you know, I got down to London in uh, 96, started working in newspapers and magazines. I've worked in newspapers and magazines for so bloody long that, you know, people... A lot of people kind of remember me from years and years and years and years ago and remember me before food. Yeah. I always wanted to write about restaurants because I I think that walking into a restaurant, you know, I, I used to love clubbing. I used to love going to nightclubs. I used to love going to bars when I was younger. I used to love going to Ibiza. I used to love doing all the things that young that young women did. And then as I got older, I realised that nothing really tops the restaurant, you know, like oh, yeah. you never know. And in London, um, I mean, it's very good throughout the country, but in London, hundreds and hundreds of new restaurants yeah. every week, every year rather. You're spoiled and, for choice. And it's that you never know what you're going to get every time. And, you know, you never know what the scene is, what the crowd are like, what the cliques like, what the menu is like, what the food's like. And all those things are important all at once, you know. And um, And I always knew that I was really good at explaining a restaurant. I'm good at explaining things in general. That's what I'm good with words. That's one of my only skills. But with a restaurant, people would say on on a Monday morning, they'd say, have you been to, insert name of really hot new place? And I'd go, yeah. And they'd go, what's it really like? I'd be like, pull up a chair, right? (laughs) This is what it's like. And they had the audacity to blah, 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 you know, and I would tell this story and I always thought I could, I could do that, you know, but to be a restaurant critic, it's a really, it's a really difficult job to get because everybody wants it. Well, I'm not Uh, surprised. It's basically like earning a living from like going nice places, eating great food for the most part. Like it sounds like a pretty much a dream job. It is a dream, you know, on some levels, uh, it is the, the, it's the and it is it's the greatest job in the entire world right the i 
I have to write about at least 52 to 53 restaurants, 54 restaurants a year and more. And so I have to go to a lot more. So maybe I have to go to 100, 120 or whatever to make... So that's you know, like two a week, realistically. Oh God, enough. yes, completely. Yeah. And it's and it's obviously um, I have an expense account. Oh, babe, this, do you know what? It's, it's such a hard life, isn't it? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Someone's got to do it. My oh, life is like... So, I, so these things, it's like complaining. Mm. It's like complaining about being like Liz Hurley or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's not. There's, however, the reality of the job... And this is what nobody wants to hear. So I always keep this bit very short, but I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. The reality is it is never ending, you know? Like you're never, you never stop having to try and make reservations for restaurants, trying to get into into restaurants that there's no, there's no spaces. And you're trying to get in, you're trying to get in anonymously. And then you're going down and nobody really wants you there. And sometimes you're having to eat, dinners that you just don't really want and you know and trying to trying to not get gout <laughs> you know and people still get gout I really thought we were done with that I know I think Vicky you need to say you need to realize gout is real and it is out there right the struggle it, of gout it is very much prevalent people think that gout is like one of those things that elizabethan people got along with like sweating sickness typhoid it's like and what they don't realize is they eat and eat and drink and drink and then suddenly their hands go like that and they've got gout and i'm like no not today not today satan not getting gout but, you know, it's like anything. And I know I'm sort of, obviously, so on the outside looking in, like the job of a restaurant critic sounds incredibly glamorous, sounds amazing. It doesn't sound like work. But actually, yeah. regardless of whatever your job is, if you know what, how much you love it, if you do something enough, yeah. it is still work, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, look, like, you know, 60 times a year or something at 5am in the morning, I sit up in bed with a pint of gold blend coffee and a blank word document and think oh my god I've got to find like eight nine hundred words about eating pasta in a room that was mainly white again again you know (laughs) and the groundbreaking exactly and and the and and I need to do it in such a manner that is still engaging uh, engaging because I need to keep that job you know if I start being if I start just being boring and dull and nobody wants to come and read it, they'll soon replace me with somebody younger and cheaper who will like, you know, that's that's life. That is life. That is literally, so, yeah, what, what my ex-boyfriends have done. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Darling, I, I hear you. When, um, when, whenever, whatever job you've got is a job, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's like you must have had a, a thousand people come up to you and say about any of the sh- TV shows you've been on. Oh, I bet that was just really good fun all the time. All they did, all you did was just got, walk to wherever you were going to go and they filmed you and they put it on telly and you're like, no. no. It was like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of hell and just, you know. But I, I think with, with being a restaurant critic, it's, uh, I think one of the main things is having to say unpopular things 
which yeah. which wear which wears on it wears on you, you yeah. know. And it's I it's like and walking into rooms all the time where you start to know. I mean, I was out on Saturday night um, at a restaurant, and um, we don't. I mean, God, this we'd ordered kind of too much food because mm-hmm. when it came, I realised some of the plates were much bigger than I imagined, yeah. and I didn't. And so, and I and I think now, like you know, from a gout perspective, there's no there's no prizes for finishing the food. You know, yeah. I don't like food waste. I like to take people with me that eat, that yeah, properly yeah, yeah. eat. But I, there's no prizes from going for going ah, and I I just stopped eating because I'd eaten a bit of everything and then I started leaving it for everyone else and I could just see the chef. Oh, he's a little hot. Yeah, and oh. like things like that, it it kind of ruins your evening yeah. because you know that his evening's ruined. Yes, yes. So Grace, yeah. I, I'm like a highly sensitive person, but I'm also yeah. like a people pleaser as well. Like, quite frankly, I know I could never do your job because nobody yeah. would believe me reviews because I would just be like, it was amazing again. It was lovely. Like, yeah, yeah, I had a great time. You must go. And yeah. actually there'd be a part of us that meant that, you know, I'm very easily pleased when it comes to Scram. I couldn't yeah. do it. But like the other part of us would just be so worried I'd upset someone. So yeah. I don't envy you that, mate. Have you ever, and I hope mm. I'm not like compromising your integrity here, but oh have you ever... Le- felt like you liked a restaurant or you liked a chef or you liked them so much that you've like you've lied a bit yeah I mean look you definitely yeah you, it's it's re- it's really hard to to go in all guns blazing on on and it's not just when you like them on any chef really it's really difficult because uh you know the the restaurant is their baby and and the staff are uh, a lot of the time very, they're vulnerable people who have put a lot of work in. So to go in and be pointlessly cruel is is there's, there's there's no point. What I do find is I've got a certain way of writing a review where you have been kind of damned with faint praise, right? So you can kind of tell. Yeah, I don't look. Also, though, some places are just abysmal and I do not mind at all giving them an absolute kick in. I just don't care because if they are, if you go somewhere and you get there and I I always say there's a kind of a category of restaurant that just isn't even a restaurant. It's just not even working. You know, you get there and there's nobody waiting to seat you and then you sit down and then they ignore you and then they don't want to serve you and then they bring food that's just not really good. Oh yeah, drag them. It's right, just then. like, and then, and then at the end, they're like, you, you fight to pay the bill and then they charge you £95 and you're like... For the privilege of being ignored for an hour. <laughs> and it's like, that to me is just like an an absolutely kind of clean assassination. Oh, but, but, then, but with so someone that, that sense, I love, yeah. yeah. It's like somebody somebody when they're really good and they're just, it's just not quite there. Mm. It's it's a, look it's a, it's a bloody roller coaster doing yeah. what I do it's uh, but I I I love it but it it takes its toll yeah I can t- <laughs> I honestly can totally see that and like I say mm. I I would not I couldn't swap jobs with you mate I haven't mm. got it in us but then next question right have you ever wrote something and someone's been offended and they've come for you oh look all the time. I don't know, it's like people of course they do of course they do when I first got this job um, and the 
it was like, I mean, I'd had a pretty bloody good life in London anyway, working in media. And then I get this job and it's like suddenly the keys to London. See, I think people yeah. give the keys to London. I'm invited to everything. I'm invited to every party. I'm invited to every award ceremony. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I realize I can't bloody go to any of them because the moment I walk in to the drinks reception, what you've got is chefs on their night off who are like nine drinks down, who then want to come and go, I just, I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm not angry. What I'd like to do is thank you for your feedback. You know, that kind of begrudging thank you that you kind of, you uh, feel yeah. as if... Honest criticism makes me grow and all that. All, the, all that. Inside, I just want to swill you. The water yes. throw a drink at you. What they want to do is basically bundle you into a wheelie bin and push it into the Thames. <laughs> and what they're on the Guardian. Yeah. Fucking have that. <laughs> and what they're saying is, thank you so much. I just want you to know that we got all of those uncomfortable seats that you didn't like and we put them all in a skip. Thank you. So anyway, I started to find that there was just, there was like, there was, it, you know, it is, it's hard because... Um, yeah, people are bloody passionate and they and they remember the things. And- you know, sometimes it's not the chef as well, and I it's the chef's family. Um <gasps> and I and again I get this. If you are married to a chef, uh-huh. you are accepting the fact that you are marrying somebody. You know, you might be you might have taken on some amazing gastro pub in the middle of nowhere and you've got a cottage nearby and you never see him you know uprooted your whole life for him and your whole life your whole life and the only time you ever see him is when he turns up with a load of aprons that smell of lamb fat and that's your responsibility right and you've had a baby with him and you've never seen him and at all and and then he's put everything into this bloody pub and then i've turned up and i've said oh it was lovely it was fine it was nice but service wasn't great and the food was cold right yeah that is when i mean i don't go on social media really at all because three o'clock in the morning you're like there's some woman just like on twitter going I like <laughs> after a couple of too glasses too many exactly. glasses of pinot i think that um yeah i mean it's 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 hard it's really hard and you uh yeah, so I always say, you know, if you go, to, if I go to any of these parties, like always have flat shoes in your bag because <laughs> quick getaway, like yeah, so that because you, I go in and I've got like because I love a stiletto and I've got these like really high heels on and then before you know it, I'm like shit and I just like I'm <laughs> back out, back out on the. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Street, just with an Uber going, Uber! <laughs> I was trying to get, you know. Oh, I couldn't, honestly, I, I mean, I can imagine. And I can imagine. And I think, like, like you say, you do a very good job of sort of, like, being honest, but also never being, like, unnecessarily scathing. No. And that's no. probably why, you know, you are so well-respected. And you're you're still you're still working and stuff like that because sometimes yeah. in the films like that's my only mm. that's my only mm. um, experience mm. with like film with restaurant critics yeah they just seem so mean yeah like you know wow. they paint them as absolute like caviar consuming dragons well you know I think that and also you know the critics themselves for like in in real life for a long time with MasterChef they used to be the old guard of critics they're kind of an older and you know and they were, they were more, a bit more savage do you think yeah Grace? they were they were i mean i think that you it, it like look it all buys into itself i think that if you go on master chef and go this is the most disgusting souffle i have ever had it ta- it tastes of soil you you are that's great telly yeah but you're also a bit of a knob, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, I remember when I was a a little girl. That's what I saw the yeah. critics were like, you know. And I remember like seeing these people going, "This is the most disgusting." And you think, and and the first thing you would shout at the television is, "Mate, you're eating, you know, you're eating fine food, uh, you know, uh, as a job." So what I do think is, uh, you have to just keep it. You have to keep it. You've got to remember that the people that come through the doors are not like I remember you. You you've cooked for me, right? Oh, is that your road, Chris? Yes, yeah. Was yeah. I remember okay, you thank God. In. I was Darling, very nervous, I darling. I remember. You, I remember very specifically. I can't. You know, I can't specifically remember what you made me, but like I remember you coming in. I remember you were very nervous. I just spent the whole um, time sweating. I, I, yeah. I, for three months, I think all I did was sweat on MasterChef. On MasterChef. I'm very, very respectful of how tired people are and, and how tired they are, how exhausted they are. They're, they've been away from their families and their friends and they've been living, probably living in like a little hotel nearby and thinking and making the same dish again and again and again, trying to, and they come in and then they see me and some, and sometimes it's real make or break that moment, you know. So it's trying to be supportive and in, constructive mm-hmm. and still make good telly Such and not be a knob, not yeah. be a knob, but not. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, but like, yeah. I mean, look. I think that I think Master Chef. Do you know what? Right. Do you know what I remember about you most specifically? Well. Um, they keep this. They keep me away from the contestants. So you never see me, and right. I never see you. Right. Every time I walk somewhere, they go, "Grace Dent is walking," right? And they get everyone out of the way if I want to go for a pee or something <laughs> to, to preserve that that kind of tension. Mm-hmm. And what I remember about you is that I could hear you at every point. <laughs> I would like be in one studio and I'd go, Nera? Is that Vicky Vicky Patterson? Patterson?" You were like, ah! Like that. I was like, 
no. To answer the question, Grace, I was no. not all right. No. I mean, John and Greg just had this like permanent joke that I was like a fucking headless chicken. And no yeah. matter how long throughout the process, they really wanted this story arc where like mm. Vicky eventually found like real calm and comfort in the kitchen and it became a solace. I never found it. I'm I still flat, even if I just do like a spaghetti bolognese for me, you know, I can I burn myself yes. by you know, I'm I'm always gonna be chaos in the kitchen, but I did grow to absolutely love it. Like I became yes. at one with my chaos, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but that yeah, doesn't that's funny. You were, you, were, you were completely memorable. Oh and there's so many people that are on there that I have like they come up to me and they go, I cooked for you, and I think I've yeah, no I idea. Sorry, Literally <laughs> no idea. Never. I can't remember you because it was they were obviously so quiet and they yeah. came in and there was somebody off Eastenders or whatever yeah. and they bought me a souffle and that was it. The totally human equ- you. the human equivalent of pasta in a white room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I know you're busy and you've got loads of places to be, but when I said you were coming on me and pod, I had some really excited people on me Instagram and I'd be doing them a disservice if I didn't ask their questions. So I've got a couple of quick ones from them if you don't mind. Right. Somebody wants to know if you would have the ultimate dinner party and you could invite three guests, dead or alive, who would they be? Liam Gallagher. Brilliant. Great start. You don't want peace, you want problems, I'm assuming. I want, I, so, uh, I want Liam Gallagher. Um, I'd have Nigella. Absolutely, very soothing, very sexy. It all ends in an orgy. Yeah, exactly, hopefully. <laughs> Liam, Nigella. And then we need something to diffuse all this sexual tension. Ed Balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Liz Truss. <laughs> No oh, fun hat at all. No, uh, <laughs> Liam Gallagher. No, um, right. And the third person, I think I'd get somebody who, like, I, I want to either have you because I think we would have an absolute laugh. We would have a good time. Or another northerner. Go on. Scarlett Moffat. Oh, do you know what? I would happily forego my seat for Moffat because I think she'd be great. But could we both come? We'll just share. Both of you. Both of you. Didn't, all three of us. I'll just sit in a row with spray cans, <laughs> long hair, just talking about Asda. <laughs> Liam will be bang up for it. He'll yeah. love talking about that. Yeah. Nigella will be going, what is this Asda that we... What is uh, Asda? Uh, Asda? <laughs> she will be... She'll look, but then by the end, I hope she wants to come with her. Yeah, she will. She'll well, be down that. She'll be looking for those yellow stickers, those reduced stickers, those whoop stickers. She'll be going, oh my God, look, it's a Thomas the Tank Engine cake for 69 pence. Off her head on Blue WKD. That How marvellous. How marvellous. Last one from love, well, well, lovely pod, um, podcast enthusiasts is, what's your favourite weeknight dish to cook? Oh, God. I think somebody really <clears throat> likes the idea of you hunched over a pot noodle. Do you know, the thing is, um, I am one of those people that, that I, I got an air fryer. I've just got one. Right. I've not used and it. Is it so good? But, you know, I think that your life is in two stages, right? And one is sex, drugs and rock and roll, <laughs> right? 
all night, you know, going out of Thursday and coming back on Monday and you get through that and then you go into your air fryer air stage. Air fryer Yeah. Oh, I'm fucking in the air fryer fizz. And the thing that I, the thing that I get, that I've found with air fryers is like if my partner comes in and he's like really hungry and I've literally done nothing, you just make the biggest, uh, butcheriest, mayonnaiseiest, like, ketchupy is something sandwich uh-huh. with the butter on the outside oh. and then you air fry it so it just becomes like the world's biggest you know like a breville oh yeah it becomes like the world's biggest breville and that is my tip it looks as if you've done something absolutely amazing yeah. and what you've really done is just make a big sweaty cheese and pickle sandwich with loads of barbecue sauce oh. and then all the butters and then you just present it and and that's it that's happiness you could have Crowd spent pleaser. you could have spent three hours making beef bourguignon and they would have went oh it's stew is it stew <laughs> it's not like my mum made it why have you put have you put is that do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you put, if you just make, yeah. So that's what I've been, I've been doing. It's uh, it's winter at the moment, so I'm going into that um, yeah. slow cooking, mm. slow cooking, fast cooking, yeah. like slow cooking sometimes. But when I want to like ramp my life up, yeah. the heady world of fast cooking. Oh, do you know what? Honestly, you've got me so fired up. I'm getting that air fryer out tonight. Yeah. Oh. Do it. Do it. Anything that's in your freezer that's been sitting there in your freezer can be for, like, fried. For, for like literally six months and you're like, I can't be asked to put the oven on for this. Just air fry it. And then just bring it out for your partner and put the, put it all. You know, people people say, call it picky tea. I've always yeah. called it northern tapas, nappas. Put them all on a tray. And then just go, like, my bloke's not northern. Voila. So, like, you just go, like, <laughs> like that. And it's like, here we go. It's corn sausages with barbecue sauce. Voila. Bon appetit. <laughs> oh, man, honestly, I'm fucking... Those are my favourite types of teas, though. And I do. I go for northern, ma'am. Picky bits. Get your picky bits Picky bits. Out. Just oh. get them. Oh, I'm going to have some for tea tonight. Before I let's say goodbye to you, Grace, and it will be very painful goodbye because I think Aww. I've fallen in love with you a little bit. <laughs> um, here is Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. We always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners a little pearl of wisdom. And I could have asked you a million things. You seem very wise. You seem incredibly wise. Mm. But, I've been um, around the block a lot of times. That's it. I really, rough paper I really have. I rough paper rounds. <laughs> I always say, though, I'm like one of kind of... I'm like one of those insects that after a nuclear war... Oh, yeah. The the dust would clear and I would just be here going, all right, then, (laughs) just put my false eyelashes on. (laughs) I've literally just just done a show with Sue Pollard and everyone gets really worried. They're like, oh, is Sue okay? Is Sue going to be all right? Someone check on Sue. I'm like... I, if there's a nuclear explosion, it'll be the cockroaches and Sue. No one needs to worry about that. She's fucking... Sue'll be like, (laughs) aye. All right. She's hard as nails, that woman, so I totally get it. But um, I think your secret has to be, based on our little northern roots Mm. um, and everything you've said, I want to know what your secret is to making an entrance. Oh. Oh. It's a good one. Oh, God. You know, I have to make an an entrance. Yeah, why not? Quite a lot. And... uh, is it quite nerve-wracking walking into a new restaurant? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, it's all, I mean, look, yeah. It's completely yeah. because there's that moment where all heads swivel. Yeah. Yes, and then is. things go quiet. Oh. Um, but not just in a restaurant, you know, to go to 
sometimes to go to like a, a you know an award ceremony yeah. or you know some kind of launch or a party or whatever it is nerve-wracking and, and you know I always say sometimes you really 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 don't want to do it and from you're standing outside and it almost feels like bungee jumping do you, do you ever yeah. feel like that no I get when it. you the when you go into something and you're like Oh, God, you would give anything to just walk up the street and go to Wagamama by yourself. Do you know what I mean? And just sit crispy there squid. And just get and just go home, you know. But sometimes you have to do it. And I always say, so, well, I, I, I sometimes go into my own head and I go, for, for the next 10 minutes when I go through the door, I am going to play the part of Grace Dent. Oh, babe, that makes me half a little bit sad, man. And I'm going to warn, no, but it's true. You go and you put your shoulders back, shoulders back, and you just put the smile on and you've got to play the part of Grace Dent. How would Grace Dent, if you were in a film, yeah. imagine you were in a yeah. film, <laughs> you're in a film called Vicky. <laughs> exclamation oh. mark. Oh, yeah, don't forget the exclamation point. Babe. It's all in the punctuation. <laughs> and it's almost like you have to fake... The yeah. being in it, and what you'll find is, it 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 it'll get into your soul, and you'll be okay. Yeah. But you, I almost think I have to kind of go, poof, shoulders back. You've got to you you've got to and always be a little bit late. You don't want to be that person that's like standing at the bar because then when you that when everybody gets there because then you'll have to do three times the amount of socializing. Oh, okay, it's a good because one. You, because you'll have to then greet every single person who comes in and introduce them all to each other. No, oh. you don't want that. You're going to go in 25 minutes late, half like an hour, shoulders back, spray tan, yeah, face on. You're going to walk in. Always have an out as well, right? Firm out. You're going to have a firm out. You're going to work out who you really need to speak to in that room. Yeah. There might be only be about four or five people that you really just think if you're going to get through this event and you're going to walk in and you're going to be high impact player. That's what I always say. You're a high impact player. And HIP. you're going to go in. You're going to go, yeah, you're going to go in. And you got the people that you see, you're going to be, hello, blah, 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 blah. And then after you've done what you need to do, you can go. Yeah. Anna Winter goes, you know who I mean? Anna Winter yeah. goes from the start. She goes from the beginning of the event. Uh -huh. She walks through going, hello, 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 hello. And then just walks out the back door and gets Gosh. through the kitchen and <sighs> leaves. I mean, that's yeah. what we all need to aspire to in terms of social interactions, isn't it? To be Anna yeah. Winter's level of efficiency. The, pro the problem is that it's really tempting, especially if you're from a, a background like me and you, to think that you have to stay, yeah. you know, at an event, as if there's going to be a prize handed out for being that person that's still against the free bar at the end. And, like, you know, people like me and you, like the idea of growing up, there was never any free bars. So no. when I first got to London, and there'd be, like, suddenly, like, everywhere you went, there's, like, Five thousand pounds behind the bar. I used to think, God, if they did this in Carlisle, people would die every <laughs> single night. Somebody would be like, Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. So yeah, I think that the it's all about God, this sounds so boring, but events are sometimes when you need to go out, it's all about control mm. and going, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and then I'm just gonna I never I never say goodbye. Do you oh, say you goodbye? No, so that's something I've started as I've got older, like I've realised, because I used to always want to be the last one standing, and it wasn't even about, like, you know, what people thought of us or, like, yes. people down, it was just for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wore it like a badge of honour. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But now, I from the minute I get somewhere, normally pretty much have a desire to go home. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and so now I just literally say to Erkan, we are, I send him a text if he's not right next to us, you know, or I go, I'm going and I'm not yeah. saying goodbye because that's yes. going to, then people will try and convince us to stay. Yes. It's going to add an extra half an hour on, on me night. Yeah. There'll be someone I've missed out. So effectively I'll offend someone. I'm just fucking going. And I read somewhere as well, people mm. who don't say goodbye and do the old backdoor exit. Apparently they get something like an extra five years of their life. I, I look, I am a hundred percent with you. My my partner's family French, right? So it takes them four and a half hours to leave. How many fucking kisses do you need to do? Four and a half hours to leave anywhere, right? Because what they do is they say we're going, and then the entire party moves into the hallway where they all stand there saying goodbye for another. And I got so tired of that once that we were all standing in the hallway saying goodbye and he eventually he texted me he texted me he said where are you i said i'm at home yeah i'd gone i just <laughs> left i left the party and got and i got on a train and i managed to get back and i was in bed in pajamas i thought no this is it and he's like you get one chance with this this uh, this goodbye that i'm gonna do i'm like i'm not sitting around any longer i just like to i just like to bang go Honestly, I remember once, right, I was going, this is when I was really young, I was going out on the football I played for Newcastle, and mm. he shall remain nameless, um, mostly just because uh, he's Argentinian and I'll butcher it if I try and say it, um, but yeah, yeah, and we bumped into his family in Phoenix, and um, I said there was about eight of them, and they do something like four kisses. Oh, so, so I, yeah, 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 it's I, amazing. I hadn't got around all of the family giving them all before he'd started to do his goodbyes, and I just had to go back round again with all the kisses. And I thought, nah, I can't do this. I can't be necking on my whole life. I can't do it. I'm, I'm out. So that was the end of that relationship. Um, mate, what an absolute pleasure it was talking to you. Oh, darling. I hope, I hope you have a good week. I hope we'll have some more of those highs. You know, oh, those look, fleeting happiness yeah. moments. Well, look, this was one. This was one. I this is what I touched. mean. This is this is happiness. This is two people being happy, having a laugh, connecting, and then and then you put and then you you hang up the call, and then five minutes later, I'll be like fighting with a cat litter tray. Oh, absolutely! And that is sadness. <laughs> But listen, if you ever um, want to go to a fancy restaurant and utilise the free bar and not say goodbye, you know where I am. <laughs> Darling, I think that we could paint the town red in an amazing way. Also, I'm also available if you want to do air fryer recipes too. Air fryer, honestly. It, you, you've got my number. If and Honestly, anything you want to put in the air fryer, you want to run it past me, just literally ask me and I'll be like, yeah, stick it in. <laughs> anything goes in. Anything goes <laughs> anything. in. Sounds all right. This is a fire. Don't blame me, but yeah, give it a go. Seven minutes on 200. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Grace. That was absolutely lovely. Well, guys, that was absolute powerhouse and northern legend, Grace. Um, I hope you loved that hour as much as I did. God, I could have talked to her all day. Um, what a legend. What a legend. Um, she has a podcast herself. Um, I'm sure you guys already know. It's called Comfort Eating. Um, and it's in its fourth series. So um, check that out. Um, if, you do, if you don't already, please do all of the podcasty things. Tell your mates. Leave a review. 
only if it's kind. Um, and don't forget, we now have a YouTube channel. So if you prefer to watch your podcasts rather than listen to them, give that a gander. All the relevant links and things are on my Instagram as always. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts and obviously on YouTube. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.